0: Today we look at Taiwan's Bilingual Nation 2030 plan, starting with the first public high school to offer guaranteed spots at a UK university.
1: And the official charting the bilingual plan tells us the nation's goal for 2030.
0: Taiwan's doctors also tell us what brand of COVID booster shot we should get.
1: And in hashtag Taiwan, I'll tell you why a military exercise in Taiwan is putting a bar in Ireland on high alert. This is Taiwan Insider.
0: To take a look at a goal Taiwan's government has set for the country, Bilingual Nation 2030. Before we find out what that means, let's take a look at a school that got a head start in 2017. It's the first public high school to pioneer a global track to the UK and US. Jesse is an art student at the first public high school to go global in Taiwan, Taipei's Zhongzhen Senior High School. The International Foundation Year IFY program allows students to study college-level international classes that will guarantee them a spot in a U.K. university. The school also has joint diploma programs with American high schools. Jessie tells me what she likes most about IFY.
2: I like the way teachers teach us. Uh, He teach us how to write useful essays and... We read articles and we have a lot of presentations.
0: This was one of Jessie's projects.
2: Nowadays people often tend to eat quickly in the car while working or when watching TV, so they won't be aware of the food they ate. But while eating mindfully, people can enjoy the food that they eat and maintain a healthy weight. She shares
0: how she feels about going to university in England.
2: It's a good chance to explore the art museums and artworks abroad, and I'm looking forward to
0: it. If you can do any job in the world, what would you like to do? I think designer. In addition to art and design, students can also pick business, science, or engineering as their focus of study. So we're here with Amber and Gabriel. They are juniors, 11th graders here at Zhongzhen High School in the IFY program. I know both of you are studying science. Tell me why you decided to study science and to join the IFY program.
2: I want to study science because I like biology so much and
0: I want to be a doctor in the future. So I choose IFY and join the science program. Well, that's great. And how about you, Gabriel?
3: Um, Well, because I really like astronomy and I want to study abroad, like study about astrophysics. I want to be like a scientist that studied uh, space, universe, I'm so interested in it.
0: We have a a budding new scientist and a future doctor here with us. The school's IFY director, Li Ming, tells me what students like most about the classes. What they
3: like about the class is the vibe. That kind of, you know, college-related atmosphere. They are trained to be a college student or university student because they are not just basic courses. International Foundation Year, why is it called foundation? Because this kind of course or this kind of curriculum lays a foundation for their university learning. You are supposed to do critical thinking and imagination and challenge each other's idea and arguments. Our principle even allows us have a lot of interaction with the whole world, not just the UK, but also Australia. We have a lot of, you know, youth summits for those IY or JDP Joint Diploma Program students. So we don't just study hard; we also party hard <laughs> in our own way academically. You know what I'm talking about,
0: right? They also go abroad for a certain amount of time. That's every, right. That's during right. During
3: program, right? Without this vaccine, they should have been abroad. They should have been to Switzerland to uh, attend some university courses related to science, engineering or uh, attended some summer programs related to uh, being an entrepreneur or some art and design, you know, extended project in which they can be, you know, interconnected to those Italian painters or those European painters. But you know, because of vaccines, everything has to go online.
0: These global programs are much more affordable than international schools and have spread to six public Taipei high schools. The woman who pioneered this global track in 2017 is Zhongzhen High School principal, Jiang Hui-Zhen. She shares what universities students have been attending.
2: Most of them go to UK schools like London University, Chicago University. Their interests are very diverse. Some of them choose the major in fuel production, and some in business management, and some in agriculture.
0: Thanks to Ms. Jiang, students can get a global education right here in Taipei, giving them more possibilities than ever before. So who's in charge of charting Bilingual Nation 2030? The National Development Council. And today I speak with the woman charting the plans, director general of the NDC's overall planning department, Connie Zhang. I asked her what Taiwan's goals were for 2030.
4: Basically, simply put, the goal for this uh, policy is to provide the opportunities for our youth to have better job opportunities and higher salaries. Simply put,
2: but to that do that, <laughs> yeah, to do that, to
4: achieve that, there's a lot more things that needs needs uh, needs to be done. Well, tell us in terms of education,
0: is there going to be more bilingual schools, more bilingual education to enable young people to have better English and be, become more competitive in the global market?
4: What we want to do right now, we start with our um, college uh, education, we will establish some benchmark colleges or universities in which a lot of the courses will be taught in English. So when they graduate, they have the professional um, expertise, they are also able to communicate with their peers in English for the elementary school, junior high school, senior high schools, we want to do is to encourage most uh, schools to set up courses in which all the classes will be taught in English as well. There's going to be some sort of like an overhaul of our educational system in terms of English education, very different from what we have right now. But we have seen some schools are doing this kind of experiments and pretty much they are well accepted among parents and students are happy in that kind of learning environment. So we believe that can be a good way for us to um, move forward in terms of our bilingual education
0: well that's very exciting i think it's going to do so much for taiwan to be able to be bilingual and taiwan has a lot of very dedicated talented people and if you add yes, English speaking yeah. ability to that mm-hmm. they're going to be it's going to be great for, for taiwan Another today i want to
4: share with you um some of the things that it's sort of like a bad job of why we are doing all this because um you might have known taiwan has been playing a very important pivotal role in international supply chain. We have very Mm. good um, industrial foundations, but there are so many times that multinational companies come to Taiwan looking for talents and at the end they turn to Singapore for setting up their regional headquarters. Honestly speaking, we've been very distra- um, disappointed and frustrated by this kind of situation. So, you know, we have young people, they are professionally qualified for all the jobs those multinational companies offer. But the thing is, when they come to English-speaking uh, proficiency, because, you know, multinational companies needs to uh, have people communicating with headquarters or with the original hubs in, in English, and our young people just fall short of that expectation. So they... At the end turn to Singapore for um, their headquarters and we just believe that's something should not be happening anymore so that is why we want to push for this bad policy and we focus our efforts for the first 10 years into um, cultivating better English proficiency of our uh, young people
0: what do you think the goal is to achieve by 2030 what do you want to see um, different by then in Taiwan if by
4: 2030 We can have our, um, say, college students reach middle or higher level of English speaking, then we are successful in our um, our English uh, education. We are successful in our bilingual policy. And by that time, I'm confident we'll also see a lot more international companies establish themselves in Taiwan. We will see more of our um, companies, Taiwanese companies deployed abroad with the an army of our own professionals speaking good English. We also talked about
0: attracting foreign talent and other topics, all that in the full interview on YouTube and Facebook. Next, Leslie Liao has the latest on Taiwan's domestic COVID cluster.
1: A string of domestic COVID-19 cases has people in Taiwan on edge. Since last week, health authorities have announced around 60 locally transmitted COVID-19 cases, And most of them are in northern Taiwan. However, Taiwan has something it didn't have back in May 2021 when it first saw its first major COVID-19 outbreak, and that's a steady vaccine supply. Around 70% of Taiwan's population has two doses of a COVID vaccine. With the latest domestic surge though, health officials are urging people to get a third booster shot. Here's a guide on what brand to choose.
2: When should you get a third COVID-19 vaccine? The government has shortened the time between the second and third dose from 20 to 12 weeks. But which combination of vaccines is recommended for a third dose? Doctors say those who received AstraZeneca as their first two doses must choose other brands for their third dose. If the first two doses have been BioNTech or Moderna, or a combination of AstraZeneca with an mRNA vaccine, then half a dose of Moderna or a full dose of BioNTech will be recommended for a third jab. Studies have shown that a third dose of BioNTech will increase protection by 25-fold, while a third dose of Moderna will strengthen immunity 37 times. However, a third dose of AstraZeneca is not recommended if the first two doses were AstraZeneca. Meanwhile, one more country, Thailand, has given approval to Taiwan's COVID-19 medicine vaccine. That brings the total number of countries that recognize Medellin to five, including New Zealand, Palau, Indonesia, and Belize. On Tuesday,
1: one of Taiwan's F-16Vs went missing off the southwestern coast of Taiwan. On Wednesday, rescue workers found debris from the aircraft itself. However, the search for the pilot, 28-year-old Captain Chen Yi, is still ongoing. A fisherman carries aircraft debris through a river. Authorities confirmed that this is a piece of an F-16V that went missing off Taiwan's west coast on Tuesday. The fighter jet disappeared from radar at around 3.23 p.m. Now authorities are scrambling to find the missing pilot, 28-year-old Captain Chen Yi. Officials have dispatched ships, helicopters and plenty of manpower to assist the search. President Tsai Ing-wen has ordered that no effort be spared when it comes to bringing Chen home. Back in Sun's home in Nanto County, friends and family speak of him fondly. They say he's a well-mannered, upstanding person and they hope he will come home soon. Even the disciplinarian at Sun's high school says that he remembers Sun as a resilient individual. Sun graduated from Taiwan's Air Force Academy in 2017. He said that he always wanted to fly and that's why he joined the Air Force. Rescuers continue their search around the clock, hoping they can bring Sun back to his family soon.
0: Next on Hashtag Taiwan, Lizzie tells us about some interesting reactions to Taiwan's recent military exercises.
1: Lunar New Year holiday is right around the corner. It's the biggest and longest holiday in Taiwan. But while people are gearing up to take a long, well-deserved break, Taiwan's military wants to make it clear that it's not slacking during the festive period. Last week, we showed some footage of some pretty intense pre-lunar New Year military exercises that took place in the forest and mountains in southern Taiwan. And people in Kaohsiung city got a little nervous when they started seeing soldiers patrolling the streets and taking cover in the urban landscape. That was just another routine exercise in military preparedness, But it turned a couple of heads and made people nervous about what they were seeing. In recent years, Taiwan has placed great emphasis on upgrading its defense capabilities. In fact, just this week, Taiwan's legislature approved another 8.5 billion US dollars for defense spending to be used over the next five years. Now, the key word here is defense, as in that money should go towards protecting Taiwan and not attacking other countries. And I'm saying this because Taiwan's recent military exercises have created some concerns abroad. The Telegraph recently did a video feature on the Taiwanese army's exercises where Taiwan's soldiers can be seen conducting training drills. One of the locations is a makeshift course meant to simulate urban landscapes. And to lend the exercise some realism, the buildings are labeled with signs from actual stores. Now, since these are defense exercises, you might think that some of the signs for stores on the buildings you can find in this training are stores you can find in Taiwan. Not the case. In the opening seconds of the Telegraph video, a group of soldiers can be seen walking past an Irish bar called O'Donoghue's. O'Donoghue's is an actual bar in Ireland. O'Donoghue's caught wind of the Telegraph video and asked on Twitter, just wondering if this is something that we should be worried about. Hashtag battle of Marion and hashtag send help. And they tagged the Irish Defense Forces Twitter for good measure. Some of the responses to O'Donoghue's tweet are pretty great. Constantine Machiavelli tweets, You've got nothing to worry about. If anything, you should be glad that if you've got a problem, and if nobody else can help, you can call the Taiwanese special forces. David M tweets, Just offer them a toasty ham and cheese with a creamy pint of Guinness it'd be all good. I mean, what problem in the world can't be solved with a ham and cheese toastie and a pint of Guinness? And Shiny Finger says, this is Ireland's chief medical officer's new method to get us out of the pub at 8 p.m. And that's because Ireland has ordered pubs to close at 8 p.m. as a way to combat the COVID-19 Omicron variant. Now, I just want to reassure the people at O'Donoghue's that I really don't think Taiwan plans on attacking Ireland anytime soon, if ever. But I get it. I'd be concerned too if I saw my house show up in a foreign country's military exercises. Next up, the stories that have been on our radar.
5: A university in central Taiwan is in hot water amid allegations that it has been complicit in human trafficking. News outlet The Reporter has published an exposé on the plight of Ugandan students enrolled at Zhongzhou University of Science and Technology. One student described being lured to Taiwan with false promises of a scholarship. He says that once in Taiwan, he and fellow students were forced to work in factories for long hours and little pay. The Education Ministry has banned the university from enrolling more foreign students. Taiwan has announced that it will invest 200 million US dollars in Lithuania's high-tech sector. It will also set up a 1 billion US dollar credit loan program aimed at countries including Lithuania. These announcements come as China puts economic pressure on Lithuania amid a spat over Taiwan's new representative office in the Lithuanian capital. The KMT suffered a double defeat over the weekend. An effort to unseat independent lawmaker Freddie Lim with a recall vote failed due to inadequate voter turnout. The KMT also lost a race to fill a Taichung area legislative seat left empty by another recall vote last year. KMT Chairman Eric Chu has faced calls to resign over these defeats and the results of a referendum vote in December that saw the party's position rejected.
1: And we're back in the studio with our final question of the week. Now this week's question comes to us from Stash, but Stash is still in quarantine after his trip back home, so I'll be asking it on his behalf. Stash's question is, If you could take a pill and immediately become fluent in a language of your choice, what language would that be? Now Stash pre-recorded his answer, and this is it. If I could learn any language, you know, just the the flick of a switch, I think I'd learn Taiwanese Hokkien. Um, So I guess for our listeners and viewers that don't know what Taiwanese Hokkien is, it's probably the second most widely spoken language in Taiwan after Mandarin, particularly spoken by a lot of older people. Um, And yeah, I just think it would bring me, you know, a whole new side of Taiwan that I haven't really experienced so much before. Now that's a very stash answer if there ever is one, right? Natalie, what would your language of choice be?
0: I would love to learn Italian. You know what I love about Italians? They are very expressive with their hands, Mm -hmm. like, you know, good job, well done, and, you know, all this Gestures—they're so
1: like, cute. I feel like we can be expressive with our heads as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: so I want to pick that up from them, and I love their food, so I would love to uh, learn Italian.
1: Italian food is <laughs> great, isn't it? Um, for me, I was about to choose the same thing as Stash, but I went the other way actually, and I chose uh, Hakka. Now, Hakka is a uh, uh, an ethnicity in China around the southern Chinese area, and if you didn't know. Um, my family is Hakka on my really? dad's side. I'm half Hakka. Oh, I and, you um, should learn it. I should learn it. I, was th- I thought about Taiwanese uh, Hokkien, but I know a little bit of that. I know nothing of Hakka, so when my dad talks to my grandma, to my uncles, I have absolutely no idea what he's saying. So I would love to know what what they're talking about, if they're talking about Muhammad. Probably about you,
3: Leslie. Because that's what it
1: feels like. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, that's (laughs) about it for this week's edition of Taiwan Insider. Uh, I'm Leslie Liao.
0: And I'm Natalie Sound.
1: Don't forget to follow us on social media. Leave us a comment. We're on all the major platforms. you got Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter.
0: Yes, and uh, let us know what you think of the show. We'd love to hear from you. For Taiwan Insider, we'll see you next
1: time. See you around. The Sound of the Puyuma Tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Taiwan Today with Natalie So.
0: to become a bilingual nation by 2030. Now what does that mean? Well today I speak with a top official at the National Development Council which is in charge of charting the course for this exciting plan. Now Connie Zhang is the Director General of the Department of Overall Planning and Connie we're very excited about this plan about becoming a bilingual nation. Can you tell us some of the goals that the nation has Um, to achieve by
4: 2030. Well, Natalie, thank you, first of all, for uh, having me here today. I'm very happy to have this opportunity to share with you what we want to achieve for this bilingual 2030 policy. Basically, simply put, the goal for this uh, policy is to provide the opportunities for our youth to have better job opportunities and higher salaries, simply put. But to do that, (laughs) yeah, to do that, to achieve that, there's a lot more things that needs to be done, both from the educational domain and from the uh, environment creating aspects.
0: Okay, well, tell us in terms of education, is there going to be more bilingual schools, more bilingual education to enable young people to have better English and become more competitive in the global market?
4: Certainly, yes. Let me go back to the vision that we we are having right now to equip our youth with better English proficiency for them to have better opportunities to compete in in a national arena, meaning better job opportunities and even get a higher salary. That means when they graduate from colleges or uh, universities, in addition to their professional expertise, they need to equip themselves with good English communication capabilities. So what we want to do right now, we start with our college uh, educations, higher educations. We will establish some benchmark colleges or universities in which a lot of the courses or all the courses will be taught in English. And in that way, the youth or the students will be accustomed to the English-speaking environment, even in a professional background. So when they graduate, they have the professional expertise they are also able to communicate with their peers in English. So that's for the college and higher education part, benchmark colleges, benchmark universities for the elementary school, junior high school, senior high schools. What we're looking at, especially for this high school level is to establish more experimental English classes. Right now there have been some in some cities or uh, some private schools. What we want to do is to encourage most uh, schools to Um, set up courses, what we call experimental English courses, in which all the classes will be taught in English as well. So there's going to be some sort of like an overhaul of our educational system in terms of English education, very different from what we have right now. But we have seen some schools are doing this kind of experiments, and pretty much they are well accepted among parents and students are happy in that kind of a learning environment. So we believe that can be a good way for us to move forward in terms of our bilingual education. And for um, the elementary school or even the kindergartens, um, right now, according to the curriculum guideline, there have been um, several hours of English education for each year. We're not going to change that. The curriculum will stay the way it is because it's already been um, seriously discussed. It's been approved by the Ministry of Education and Executive UN so it's going to be that way. But uh, in terms of uh, promoting the uh, bilingual nation policy, we try to generate or try to create a English-speaking environment in which young kids will feel happy and not pressure when they communicate with their teachers or teaching assistants or even their, their uh, classmates in English, in the classroom and even outside the classrooms.
0: That is Connie Zhang, who is the Director General of the Overall Planning Department of the National Development Council, which is charting Taiwan's bilingual nation 2030 plans. Next, we talk more about how the nation plans to train teachers and government officials.
3: Na roa na na iya
1: to lengau the sound of the puyuma tribe on radio taiwan international Hi, I'm Leslie Liao. Do you love Radio Taiwan International's English content and wish it would never end? Well, who said it has to? The fun doesn't have to stop here. Check out our website, or our Facebook, or our YouTube, or our Twitter. Go to en.rti.org.tw for the latest Taiwan news stories. Check out Radio Taiwan International on Facebook to see great pictures of Taiwan. Go to YouTube.com slash RTI English to view some of our great features. And when you're done, tell us what you think on Twitter. Our handle is Radio Taiwan underscore ENG. What are you waiting for? I'm here waiting for your message.
0: You're listening to Radio Taiwan International and I am Natalie So. Taiwan has goals to become bilingual by 2030. Now what does that mean? Well, today I speak with the official Charting the Course at the National Development Council. Connie Zhang is the head of the overall planning department and I ask her, will Taiwan be bringing in more foreign English teachers to help educate Taiwan students in English?
4: We have to do that. But the thing is, according to the law right now, only foreign teachers certified with certification of teaching will be allowed to come into Taiwan and that's pretty much for teaching English right now. And um, for those teachers who teach subjects other than English, it is not quite opened at this point of time yet. So what we need to do is one is to cultivate our own English speaking um, teachers to teach in all subjects in a long run. But it's going to take some time. It is, it is not a matter of a year or two to cultivate a pool of English speaking teachers. It will take a lot longer time than that. So right now what we need to do right now is to um, enhance the English proficiency of teachers who are already teaching um, in schools by providing them with extra hour training or even sending them out to foreign countries for half a year or a year education or training. Instead of inviting foreign teachers into Taiwan at this point of time, what we want to do is, it's a lot easier actually to recruit teaching assistants into the classroom to help teachers they only help teaching or help the teacher prepare their courses, do some administrative work, and even play with the, the, the students. They are not, not qualified yet to teach in classes. So there needs to be um, qualified teacher with assistants in the classroom. So you might want to ask me, where do we get all this teaching assistance? Right now, we are looking at foreign students who are interested in learning Mandarin in Taiwan. We recruit them into Taiwan and um, communicate with them, see if they are willing to work as teaching assistants in our schools. If they are willing to do so, then we'll provide a one week or two training for them. And then we will send them out to um, schools around Taiwan to act as, as, as our teaching assistants. Basically, the idea is just to create the English speaking environment at this point of time. Eventually, we will need still to have our own uh, English speaking teachers trained in Taiwan to teach English classes or teach subjects in English.
0: So is this plan going to be gradually rolled out up until 2030 or is it going to start yes. in 2030?
4: Well it's already started right now. National Development Council has coordinated um, Ministry of Education, uh, even Council of Overseas Chinese Affairs and also Ministry of Foreign Affairs to have a sort of like start taking of how many students are coming in each year, especially for the summer, uh, summertime, how many of them are coming in and how many of them are staying for half a year or a year or so. And we try to match make the demand of local schools uh, with the supplies we have right now. There are many things that we go now, various multiple tracks at this point of time, teacher training, teacher training in campus, teacher training overseas, recruiting more local students for English speaking qualification and also recruiting teaching assistants from overseas. So these are all going right now. The whole plan has been rolled out. It's been kicked off. And as you mentioned, it's going to be a stage by stage Uh, for this year or two. What I mentioned is what we're going to do right now. But later time, it's going to be more qualified teachers to come into classrooms for uh, teaching in English. Well, that's very
0: exciting. I think it's going to do so much for Taiwan to be able to be bilingual. And Taiwan has a lot of very dedicated, talented people. And if you add yes, uh, English speaking yeah. ability to that, mm-hmm. they're going to be it's going to be great for, for Taiwan, I'd say. And then
4: today I want to share with you um, some of the things that it's sort of like a bad job of why we are doing all this. Because you might have known Taiwan has been playing a very important pivotal role in the international supply chain. We have very mm. good um, industrial foundations. But there are so many times the multinational companies come to Taiwan looking for talents and at the end they turn to Singapore for setting up their regional headquarters honestly mm-hmm. speaking we have been very disappointed and frustrated by this kind of situation so you know we have used young people they are professionally qualified for all the jobs those multinational companies offer but then is when they come to English speaking Proficiency, because you know multinational companies needs to have people communicating with headquarters or with the original hubs in in English, and our young people just fall short of that expectation. So they at the end turn to Singapore for um, their headquarters, and we just believe that something should not be happening anymore. So that is why we want to push for this multination policy, and we focus our efforts for the first ten years into cultivating better English proficiency of our. Uh, young people
0: that sounds great is there also going to be a plan for let's say the government agencies or for um, inviting and and welcoming more foreign talent to Taiwan to make Taiwan a more welcoming place for
4: foreigners yes and yes for um, government agencies so we we don't want to create too much pressure on all government officials basically Mm -hmm. what we want to do at this point of time is to uh, make sure Our colleagues who have their daily work engaged in international affairs needs to be those pioneers, quote unquote, not really pioneers, but needs to be the pioneers for this policy like Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Ministry of Education, or even the Council of Agriculture in my department. We have uh, colleagues working daily communicating with foreign governments or um, international organizations. Those people are the ones that need to meet a certain requirement for English proficiency. Some of them are in the position already and their English probably is not good enough for, for the job yet. We will push them to engage in personal training of their uh, English capability. But when recruiting new government officials into the administration, there's been discussion, actually, we have been started out our, our uh, work right now is to hire a ratio to move up the increase the ratio of English tests in the examination for government for civil servants. And very likely in a year or two, we will make a change to the requirements for taking the exam. You need to pass a certain kind of English proficiency test to be qualified to take the exam for civil servants. Because we have tests of English, of Chinese and all professional subjects. Eventually we want to take out the English tests and give our people the chance to take multiple tests until they are satisfied with their English performance. So that means they, they can go for, take, to take GEPT or TOEFL or EOS or whatever that's offered in the market. And then as long as they show the proof they have taken the test reached up to a certain level, then they are qualified to take the civil servants examination and become a government official.
0: That is Connie Zhang, the head of the National Development Council's overall planning department. She is charting Taiwan's Bilingual Nation 2030 plans. And I'll continue to speak with her about these important plans, including how Taiwan wants to welcome more foreign talent and its specific goals for 2030. All that next week on Taiwan Today.
4: The
1: Sound of the Amis Tribe, on Radio Taiwan International.
3: Listen! Taiwan is a place full of voices, viewpoints, and stories. Hear them all, here on Radio Taiwan International. Taiwan, straight from the source.
1: This is Radio Taiwan International. This is News Playlist, a weekly rundown of some of the most interesting news reports brought to you by RTI. Watch along on YouTube if you like, or close your eyes and enjoy these stories by way of sound.
2: Thanks for tuning in to News Playlist. I'm Shirley Lin, and I'm bringing you some reports from Taiwan in the past week. First off, we have the Lunar New Year coming right up soon, and Taiwan is conducting nonstop military exercises just in case, you know, outside forces like China were to attack during this time. As relations between Taiwan and China has been tense for quite a while, Emma Benek has the report. This isn't your average battle simulation. This is
6: the second day of Taiwan's intense, non-stop military exercises that are taking place right before the Lunar New Year. The troops are split into two teams and are engaging in a battle that is meant to be as realistic as possible, testing the military's competence in a high-pressure and unpredictable environment. Soldiers say that these exercises are focused on maneuvering in tightly enclosed areas while keeping an eye on the enemy and being mindful of blind spots. Their battleground ranges from forests to more urban areas. To add to the intensity, these exercises are carried out continuously for four days and three nights without any breaks in between. Unlike some other simulations, soldiers are completely unaware of what attack might come next from the opponent. Officers are also keeping track of where and how the soldiers are killed in the simulation in an effort to strengthen any weak spots. It's full-out warfare, with the soldiers aware that the more casualties they inflict on the enemy, the easier it will be to get the upper hand. The battle continues to wage on through rain and shine, day and night, ensuring that should a real invasion occur, Taiwan will be ready for even the most extreme situations. Emma Banak, RTI News.
2: China has also been uh, imposing bans left and right of uh, Taiwan's uh, exports to China. So this time, it's the fish, um, Taiwan grouper, after they banned our pineapples, uh, wax apples, and custard apples. I bring you this report about banning grouper. These are fresh Taiwan grouper fish, bred in Taiwan. The fish farmers could earn a lot if they were sold to China as originally planned, but China has refused to accept the fish because authorities there say they found prohibited drugs in them. One Taiwanese grouper breeder suspects that Chinese officials may have tampered with data. Another fish farmer says that many people ordered the fish but now he can't sell them. Instead he says he will have to put them in freezers. Both fish farmers have been breeding grouper for over 40 years. They don't know where things went wrong and both feel helpless. All the Pingtung County government can do is help arrange another inspection of the fish. Over 85% of Taiwan groupers are exported, 99% of it to China and Hong Kong. Grouper farmers in Taiwan can only hope that the issue will be resolved before the Lunar New Year holiday, when fish on the table is a must. For a few weeks now, Taiwan has been seeing a spike in domestic COVID-19 infections and especially uh, happening at the Taiwan Taoyuan International Airport. Now, they do not affect the operation of the international airport, but uh, the staff are being asked to undergo testing and quarantine if necessary in order to, you know, put a hold on the spread of the disease. Tomasz Kopér brings you the story.
5: Once again, Victor Wang of the Central Epidemic Command Center is at Taoyuan International Airport late at night. A female security officer working here was recently infected with COVID-19. Airport staff are being required to wear gloves and face shields. The infected officer was on duty from December 29th to January 5th with a two-day break. She was potentially exposed to COVID while helping passengers with their luggage. The Taoyuan airport cluster keeps growing. It has already gone up from 8 to 12 confirmed cases. Besides airport staff and a quarantine taxi driver, two members of Taoyuan's Golden Voice Social Club have been identified as infected with COVID-19 alongside one relative. The Central Epidemic Command Center's Victor Wang says that those who are most at risk have been isolated, while other high-risk personnel have been identified and will be quarantined at home. The rest of the airport staff will have to undergo intensive testing. All 391 airport security personnel are expected to be tested by Friday. Additionally, quarantine taxi drivers undergo testing once every three days, and all janitorial staff are required to test negative for COVID-19 before being allowed to come to work. Tomasz Koper, RTI News.
2: And then as domestic cases start increasing in Taiwan, uh, we decided to have stricter COVID-19 airport testing rules. And so uh, for those who uh, flew into Taiwan on long-haul flights, they had to uh, take tests no matter what. Leslie Liao has this report.
1: Health Minister Chen shih takes a tour through Taiwan's biggest airport. He's here on important business inspecting the site before new COVID-19 testing measures come into force. Starting Tuesday, All passengers arriving in Taiwan on long-haul flights will have to wait at the airport for the test result of their PCR spit test. They will be allowed to travel to their quarantine location only once they receive a negative test result. Health official Victor Wong says authorities hope to provide test results to passengers within one hour of testing. Anyone who tests positive will immediately be taken to hospital. The new rules apply to passengers arriving from the United States, Europe, the Middle East, New Zealand, and Australia. Speaking at Taoyuan International Airport on Monday, Health Minister Chen Sizong said the new testing rules will make Taiwan's COVID-19 border regimen even more secure. Chen thanked the Taoyuan International Airport Corporation for its help organizing the new testing regime. Chen says the unpredictable incubation period of COVID-19 means health authorities cannot be sure of detecting every single infection. However, Chen says asking long-haul passengers to wait for a result will catch a large proportion of previously undetected cases and greatly reduce the risk to Taiwanese society. Leslie Liao, RTI News. Hi, I'm Leslie Liao. Do you love Radio Taiwan International's English content and wish it would never end? Well, who said it has to? The fun doesn't have to stop here. Check out our website, or our Facebook, or our YouTube, or our Twitter. Go to en.rti.org.tw for the latest Taiwan news stories. Check out Radio Taiwan International on Facebook to see great pictures of Taiwan. Go to youtube.com slash rtienglish to view some of our great features. And when you're done, tell us what you think on Twitter. Our handle is Taiwan underscore ENG. What are you waiting for? I'm here waiting for your message.
2: You're listening to News Playlist. I'm Shirley Lin. Earlier on, uh, Taiwan experienced another cold spell, so it's really been just not steady. And basically, after a period of relatively warm and dry weather, uh, we experienced a bit of winter chill, showers, and even snow on higher up mountains like Jade Mountain.
5: Scooter riders and pedestrians bury hands in pockets to warm them up, despite the recent, slightly warmer weather, prompting many to put away their scarves and hats for a while. However, warm clothes, as well as umbrellas, will see more use again starting on Tuesday. Central Weather Bureau forecaster Huoyain says that a high-pressure area over northern China is moving south, bringing moist air with it. Because of this, Taiwan will experience gradually falling temperatures starting Tuesday. Another factor to consider are rain clouds moving east from southern China on Monday night and Tuesday. Cold air masses will cause a fall in temperatures across Taiwan on Tuesday and Wednesday. The mercury will hover around 10 degrees in the north and east, while the usually warmer central and southern Taiwan could see temperatures as low as 12 degrees. There is also a chance of snow in the mountains above 3,000 meters in altitude or 2,500 meters in the northern part of Taiwan. The cold will let off gradually from Wednesday to Saturday with the air turning drier. The west coast may see sunshine, but scattered showers are expected in the east. Those going outdoors in the coming days should keep in mind that temperature differences will be especially sharp between daytime and nighttime. Tomasz Kopper, RTI News.
2: As the Omicron variant becomes prevalent around the world, Taiwan is uh, calling for its people to get a third dose of COVID um, vaccine. Um, But then what are the doctors recommending for the third dose, depending on what you had for the first and the second dose? I got that report for you right here. When should you get a third COVID-19 vaccine? The government has shortened the time between the second and third dose from 20 to 12 weeks. But which combination of vaccines is recommended for a third dose? Doctors say those who received AstraZeneca as their first two doses must choose other brands for their third dose. If the first two doses have been BioNTech or Moderna, or a combination of AstraZeneca with an mRNA vaccine, then half a dose of Moderna or a full dose of BioNTech will be recommended for your third jab. Studies have shown that a third dose of BioNTech will increase protection by 25-fold, while a third dose of Moderna will strengthen immunity 37 times. However, a third dose of AstraZeneca is not recommended if the first two doses were AstraZeneca. Meanwhile, one more country, Thailand, has given approval to Taiwan's COVID-19 Medigen vaccine. That brings the total number of countries that recognize Medigen to five, including New Zealand, Palau, Indonesia, and Belize. So it's been getting cold here in Taiwan, and with the dampness, it just gets really chilly. So a recent dip in the mercury in northern Taiwan doesn't just have people shivering. It's also sending a notably higher number of people to the hospital because of cardiac conditions. John Ventriest has this report for you. Temperatures around 10 degrees Celsius may not sound that cold to
3: people
1: from more polar climes, but Taiwan has little in the way of insulation or indoor heating. This means that even the recent chill that's been in the air across northern Taiwan can be deadly, at least for those with heart conditions. Paramedics say the number of people found in a state of cardiac arrest has gone up noticeably
3: in the past few days, as a cold air mass descends on Taiwan. In the past three days alone,
1: 40 people from Xinju to Taiwan's northern tip have been sent to hospitals for sudden cardiac conditions. One New Taipei firefighter says it's mostly those 40 and older that are susceptible to such
3: conditions in the cold. But he says that even younger people aren't completely in the clear, especially if they
1: weigh more or smoke. Experts say people should keep warm over the next few days and seek medical
2: attention immediately if they begin to feel tightness or pain in the chest. John Van Trieste, RTI News. A F-16V fighter jet went missing over the sea off western Taiwan on Tuesday afternoon. Leslie Liao, tells you the story.
1: A fisherman carries aircraft debris through a river. Authorities confirm that this is a piece of an F-16V that went missing off Taiwan's west coast on Tuesday. The fighter jet disappeared from radar at around 3.23 p.m. Now authorities are scrambling to find the missing pilot, 28-year-old Captain Chen Yi. Officials have dispatched ships, helicopters, and plenty of manpower to assist the search. President Tsai Ing-wen has ordered that no effort be spared when it comes to bringing Chen home. Back in Sun's home in Nantou County, friends and family speak of him fondly. They say he's a well-mannered, upstanding person and they hope he will come home soon. Even the disciplinarian at Sun's high school says that he remembers Sun as a resilient individual. Sun graduated from Taiwan's Air Force Academy in 2017. He said that he always wanted to fly and that's why he joined the Air Force. Rescuers continue their search around the clock, hoping they can bring Sun back to his family soon. Leslie Leo, RTI News.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Radio Taiwan International, Taiwan's national broadcaster. We hope you enjoyed our programs. You can catch all of our latest news, audio and video features on our website at en.rti.org.tw again go to our website en.rti.org.tw for engaging news videos and programs about taiwan if you like to hang out on social media rti is there too our facebook url is radio taiwan international and you can watch our engaging video features including the weekly news magazine program taiwan insider on our youtube channel rti english again our youtube channel is rti english for those who enjoy the twitter sphere our handle for taiwan insider is at taiwan insider for rti english it's at radio taiwan underscore eng and if you'd like to enjoy us on your smartphone just download our app rti to go that's one of the best ways to enjoy all our news videos and programs That's RTI to go. If you're a shortwave listener, we have two channels in Asia. For South Asia, tune in to 6100 kHz from 1600 to 1700 UTC. To Southeast Asia, you can hear us on 15320 kHz from 0300 to 0400 UTC. We would love to know what you think of our programs. Email us at english at rti.org.tw. Thank you again for tuning in to Radio Taiwan International.